last time on Star Trek Voyager. We've hit the Mornhammered Square on the board, so we are going to be doing a power hour today. We've always said it, the most dangerous thing a podcast host can do is <laughs> drink what has been sent to them. Oh my god, I'm two tall boys of cider and a big of mead in now. I'm going to live out in the studio, maybe forever. The only time I'm truly happy is when I'm sick. Yep. I think beer has more bubbles than mead. Oh, oh my... This should have been the Mead Power Hour. I know. Instead, it's a mess. This is the part that hurts. I'm Cameron. You know how this is going to end, right? I'm going to encourage us to split this episode in two pieces. Wow. I think this should be the first greatest gen cliffhanger. No kidding. What do you think? I'm fully against it. Going to get into a great big argument about this one, I bet. And now, the conclusion... Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. I'm Captain Captain Jingwell of the USS Voyager. Captain Captain Jingwell of the USS Voyager. So these peace talks go like this. Look, the holograms have this technology to sort of hollow terraform a planet, but they don't have all the ingredients to do it. If, if Janeway could just find it in her heart, to give a little bit more technology to these folks, they'd be able to do this. And she's like, well, I have some reservations about sharing more technology. (laughs) And Chakotay's like, oh, come on! I am in the room! What the fuck? Chakotay's like pointing at everyone in the room, like Dr. Mark Akuchimoya. Donick, Akuchimoya. Tuvok, Akuchimoya. No Akuchimoya for you, Janeway. None for you. None of it. I'm out. Janeway is like, I've given enough technology at this point, and all it's done is fucked us. She does not want to give anymore. She does not. Um, I don't want to do my last four shots, but to do them, I have to open yet another can. I'm going to, hey, confidentially to FODs, Mm. I'm looking at you all in the camera. Ben could have said that he was done. He had succeeded in the power hour. (laughs) And Benjamin R. Harrison... Opens a new beer to do, to do the last three shots. <sighs> Everything you need to know about him is in this moment. This is a, I think this is higher. Oh, fuck. This is 6.1 ABV. <laughs> God fucking damn it. Ben, you did it to yourself. I should have looked at that when I bought it at the fucking Rite Aid this morning when I was walking my dog. Yep. You really should have. God damn it. We both should have done a lot of things a long time ago to prevent this moment from happening. Here we are. So they start talking like, okay, what if we like do this for the hollows, but we like pull all of the violence out of the program or like take subroutines out that make them assholes. Seemed reasonable. And Dr. Mark is like, what the fuck? What if we like, just hear me out, chemically castrate the hollows? (laughs) <laughs> I 
Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> they don't realize what that sounds like to him. <laughs> and uh, Janeway's like, I don't want to turn this into a holographic rights debate. And, and Dr. Marcus is like, well, from your fucking ivory tower, you don't want to turn it to a holographic rights debate. How fucking convenient for you. It's a very fleshy ivory tower. Yeah. Meanwhile, down in the mess hall, a full-blown bar fight has broken out in the field hospital. What did you think was going to... What did you think was going to happen when you put a field hospital in the mess hall? You turned your bar into a field hospital and failed to account for the fact that there might be a bar fight in a field hospital? You need bouncers! Neelix has installed two dozen POSs (laughs) to account for the enhanced appetites of the Hirogen. I thought this was a cool scene because it it's one of those scenes where it's like obvious that the fight is a distraction and that the real thing is this guy running over and like using some computer in the mess hall to get comms and send a distress signal to other Banes. They never actually like overtly explain that they're like oh they're sending a signal somehow but like I I love that there wasn't like a scene where the Banes were like whispering to each other like we gotta get a distress signal out you know they just know yeah instinctually what they need to do you must learn to rely on instinct all right Adam 10 seconds left in in the power hour here it is. This is my last shot. I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna finish your beer or whatever, but I'm gonna keep going. God yeah. fucking damn. Cheers. Hey, cheers to cheers you, buddy. Cheers to you. Ugh. Yeah, I've got maybe half of a 16 ounce left to go, and I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna just go to sleep. And you've got to finish too, because you just cracked that beer. I did. Why did I do that? Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> You're the drunk Shimoda now, Ben. (laughs) What I love about this scene is how in charge Tuvok is. He goes in there, dustbuster out, and just starts phasering people, like many of them. And bullseyeing them. And he's shouting and giving orders. He's just too late to stop that one Hirogen guy from getting the signal out, but... But he puts down whatever's going on in there. If it didn't take 17 seconds to get places on ships, he would have had this licked in the bud. Is that a term? They should have just gassed the mess hall, right? Yeah. Uh, what is it? Anestazine? Yes. Anestazine. Anestazine. Ana- Does it work on erogens? Does it not? Anestazine. It works on Herogens. <laughs> See, that's the commercial jingle. That's not even a song parody. That's just a commercial jingle. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, you know, 75% chance that's like an indie rock song from 1998 that I don't know. No. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's an original, an AP original. So back on the bridge... Janeway goes forward with the deflector dish hologram shutdown plan. And when she pitches a voluntary version of this at the Bajoran leader on the FaceTime, that doesn't go well. And then she threatens the hard way. 
And that's when this guy hangs up on her. And it is full-on battle stations at this point. I love the chutzpah of this guy, Aiden. I've, I've had a cop lean in the car window of a car I was in and say, we can do this the easy way or do it the hard way. And the people I was with and I chose the easy way. <laughs> well, that's because the car you were in was a Volvo. It was a Saab. <laughs> and you were you. Different Swedish car. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a criming while white situation. But Aiden's white? Come on. No one's whiter than a Bajoran. The thing about Bajorans, especially Bajoran religious figures who have rank, is there always is this undercurrent. This this like Ghostbusters 2 pink slime of like evil running through them. It's true. Yeah. You can't trust this guy. The pitch is like let's we're going to turn you off and load you into our computer and then like we'll take you somewhere and turn you back on. He's like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> I heard about what happened to Moriarty. There's no fucking way. Yeah, it is the Moriarty punishment, isn't it? And it's just a it's a diplomacy fail. Like it is a the Voyager set themselves up for a big diplomatic pitch and uh it is it is shut down cold by the other party and they're like, "Okay, well, we got to do it the hard way then." And Mark is like, hey, "Cap, like you you got to like you got to be cool with these guys. You have no idea what they've been through. And he's, and she's like, I don't give a shit. And she sends him to the elevator and you watch him trudge into the elevator, having been like absolutely radicalized by that interaction. I really, really love how much of that walk you see and how much of that walk you don't see. Like it's a really good edit here. Yeah, like he is soft focus in the background while Janeway is making that decision, and then you cut to inside the elevator. But there's isn't that there, there a thing though? Like Robert Ricardo could be like Eeyore out of the bridge and like sulking. Right. There's like this middle point that he chooses that is such a great choice for an actor, where he's like, he's not peacocking how fucked up this is. He's not like. Paul Rudd in Wet Hot American Summer where he's like, oh, <laughs> like <laughs> he's not even half of that, yeah. but but he wears it. He really does. I'm giving you an order. I'm giving you an order. Is that understood? I'm giving you an order. I'm giving you, and you have just crossed the line. What he does, instead of going to Neelix's restaurant to help Baines, he goes to Six Bay and helps Hollows. And he gets on yeah. FaceTime, like secret FaceTime with Aiden. And he's like, hey, I'm going to, listen, you got to do the right thing with this, but I'm going to give you Voyager's shield frequency so that you can beam me out. And I'm going to tell you how to counteract this attack that's coming. And Aiden's like, okay, all right, we're going to do this. It's as if someone on the D hailed the cube at the end of Best of Both Worlds Part 1, and it was like, hey, you know what's coming? Main deflector dish. But you know who that was? That was Picard Actual. Yeah. He knew about main deflector dish. It was coming from inside the ship. And he had been compromised. He'd, he'd been reprogrammed at that point. This is that. This is that, but, but Mark hasn't been reprogrammed. Can't you reprogram him or something? Yeah. This just feels so dirty, though, because he's in Six Bay by himself doing the secret message. 
He's like, look, you got to promise me not to attack Voyager with this information. And Bajoran guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely not going to do that. It's the last thing I would do. So uh, they try the pulse. Dr. Mark gets brought over. They try this deflector pulse. And I thought the effect was super good. Like the deflector sending its its thing at them and then like they send their thing back and it sort of looks like flame crawling up the, you know, the spray of fuel from the refuel plane or whatever. That is a great call because we've seen tractor beam disbursement before in this in a very similar way. This looks so much better. It looks great. And like what's yeah. going on in engineering also looks great. There's like wharf lightning flying all over the place and BLT sort of like risks her life to like get in a force field up around the warp core to like save the ship and she gets warp lightning and then like the they beam her out before bugging out and uh she's like all singed on a on a gurney right in front of Dr. Mark and he takes great umbrage with the fact that the hollows have abduct, abducted his friend but He's like, all right, well, I'll treat her. And this is real cult leader shit when the Bajoran guy's like, I could have done a lot worse, you know? Yeah. This isn't so bad. You gave me the keys to the kingdom and I was, I showed restraint. Did I not? Yeah. Yeah. This shot of Voyager, I love where it's cropped because Voyager is dark and adrift, but we're not like right up on the ship. It's cropped in sort of a corner of the frame. It's nice. It looks great. Because it's like, it's not the wide shot of a ship about to explode. It's like yeah. the medium wide of a a ship dark in space. We cut to the interior and it is like, they're doing like triage in the warp core. They're, they have to have uh, flashlights and stuff going down there. No one gave me a flashlight. I'm over here in the dark. He's saying I just gotta squeegee this stuff up. What, using my, I mean, using my nose, obviously, but I always use my nose. I think what's the most hurtful is the assumption that this is going to keep happening because I'm in charge of whatever this is. Hey, Egypt, there's been a lot lately about your prowess as an engineer and BLT has been abducted and you're not even brought up or or helping fix the warp core or anything, but I'm here squeegeeing. Where are you? Your absence is conspicuous. Huh. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) This is also the moment where Janeway's like, I wonder how they were able to repel the pulse we shot out of the deflector shield. And Tuvok and, and Jakote were like, oh, you're not going to like the answer to that question. I admire Tuvok's like dramatic restraint because he comes in and he's <laughs> like, they managed to figure out the frequency of our pulse, you know, within moments of yeah. something, something. And yeah. they're like, there's like back and forth and back and forth. And then he's like, also the doctor transmitted something from sickbay right before being transferred over to their ship. And they're like, what? Are you fucking kidding? That's not the first thing you said when you came in here? I'm going to ask you a question. 
while also telling you that I really did like this episode, is one way to make this episode much, much, much better is to have Tuvok also experience Ponfar during. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if he's also incredibly horny this episode? I feel. Oh. That's too many problems in an episode of Star Trek Voyager. And yet, I kind of crave that. There's something really great about the establishing of the people that are fighting Hollows being really worried about the Voyager when Tuvok is fucking Hollows in the holodeck, <laughs> but much better would be the hollows trying to abduct the woman that, ho- that Tuvok is actively nailing in the holodeck. See, in Tuvok's holodeck program, all of the Vulcans are wearing Vulcan colored tights. Right. And that's just that cool. It's confusing, you know? It's too confusing. It's too confusing, okay? <laughs> and he's like, I am not oppressing. <laughs> This hologram of my wife. <laughs> I am not trying to tell you how to dress. <laughs> I am only stating it is confusing to me. <laughs> A flawed man. <laughs> the perversities of the patriarchy have had as many horrible ramifications for my psyche as they have for yours, though they have affected me less disproportionately badly. This is both the deepest and the most shallow episode of Greatest Gen we've ever done. <laughs> but like, like Aiden would be would be flipping out if he knew what Tuvok was doing in that holodeck, you know? Oh my god, that would have been incredible. Yeah, like that's that's what you write toward. Like, what about? Like we see later, Aiden notices hollows on other ships and he goes to liberate them. That's part of his cause. Spoiler alert. But there is an infinite amount of hollows that could be generated on Voyager for liberation. And what a weird sabot to throw into this episode to just sort of blow it up. Like, what if he just needed to take all of them? Every pool shark that you ever had at Sandrine's like needs to be liberated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Harry Kim promised the sort of liberation that Aiden can actually deliver on. <laughs> what about, like, like can they liberate black and white hollows from the Captain Proton universe? And, like, what would it be like for them? Like, is it too silly? You're black on one side and white on the other. I am black on the right side. I don't think it matters what color they are, Ben. Mm. I, think, uh, I think hollow's hollow. That's big of you. Yeah. Wow. So we get another walk and talk with Janeway and Chakotay. Janeway is fucking furious now that she's realized that Mark has betrayed them. But she's also, again, blaming herself. This is Janeway as Benjamin R. Harrison, (laughs) the episode. Like, every time something bad happens in this episode... Janeway's like, well, the buck stops with me. Ultimately, this is my fault. And I've never identified with a character in fiction more than Janeway in this episode. Wow. Really? Yeah. I, I had a, I'm shocked I, by that. I had a long conversation with, uh, with our buddy, the Goose, Adam Ragusea, earlier today. And I was like, yeah, like uh, one of the interesting things I realized about myself in therapy is like, 
just like guilt accumulates to me and like my like strongest impulse is like pull it all in it's not a bit it's it's not a character i play on podcast it's my real thing that i need to yeah. fix you are a weird guilt bank yeah and that guilt is uh, totally insured by the FDIC. <laughs> well, it's up to $250,000 per account. Uh-huh. But I got a, a lot of accounts, brother. You do. And so does Janeway in this episode. She's like, ultimately, I feel like this is my fault. I should have seen this coming. He was really identifying with the cause of those hollows and trying to become a social hollow justice warrior. <laughs> and I shut him down, and I shouldn't have. I'm Captain Captain. Really interesting tension between Janeway and Chakotay here. Because Janeway's like, there's no way the doctor would be on their side. Doctor's on Team Voyager, right? And Chakotay's like, not so fast. <laughs> I did stop him from going to a conference. That could have been the last draw. Yeah, he attempts to throw himself on the guilt grenade, and she's like, no fucking way, Chicote. <laughs> That's my grenade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back on the prey ship, BLT is pissed to be there. She's very pissed. This is not a surprise. She wants to go back to Voyager, and he is like, you know... That's great for you. I can't go back personally due to the fact that I have just directly betrayed Janeway and the entire crew of Voyager. Yeah. I uh, helped Iden uh, fuck the ship over. And she's like, how dare you ever do something like that? And he's like, aren't you a Makewees? Makewees? Absolutely savage dunk. It's always interesting to talk Makewees at Makewees, isn't it? Yeah. It kind of undoes the argument that BLT has here in an interesting way. She doesn't really have a, a, a argument with him at all, right? Like, No, the doc actually does a great job here yeah. in this conversation. He did not see this coming, the abduction of BLT, but he is willing to use it to his advantage, which he sees as asking her for help augmenting the cellular network that the hollows have planned for this planet that they're going to go to and set up so that they can live in peace away from all the Banes and all the people that want to kill holograms. Interesting idea, huh? Look, if she can just get this, this hollow transformer going, I mean, th the promise is she'll be let go. Yeah. She'll be a free woman and uh, just help the cause. And Mark can go live in peace with all of his hollow friends. Yeah, and and Kajal the Cardassian will help. <laughs> the what? The what was her uh, race again? Yeah, that was the that was the drunkest way to say that <laughs> that has ever happened. <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so meanwhile, we have a a little bit of a confrontation between Simon Simon Tarsus. <laughs> We're both doing it. It was a weird, weird night. Simon Tarsus and uh, what's his name? Adal. What's the guy's name? Oh, you're uh, you're obviously talking about. Uh, 
Eden? Eiden? Eiden. Is that what they did? They took Eden and changed one letter? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To the Andorians, he's unpronounceable. Mm. So Simon Tarsus is like, yeah, I don't trust this this organic that you've brought over here. And Aiden is like, hey, man, I'm just trying to like light and put out candles here, like as is part <laughs> of my religion. And Simon Tarsus is like, hey, I was replicated based on Starfleet, so I'm a godless heathen. Sorry yeah. if I don't get everything you're doing, W slash R slash T. The religion of Bajor. Not all of us were programmed with your uh, your spiritual beliefs. I like this guy. I thought I thought he needed to play a bigger role, honestly. Like he sort of has a natural frisson with his his leader. And I kind of thought it would have been interesting if, you know, toward the back quarter of this episode, he had found common cause with Voyager. Yeah. Yeah, I found his Simon Tarsusness distracting. They should have changed his hair or given him more loaf or something. Yeah. Yeah, make him a fucking Andorian. Yeah. Or a Tellarite. Because I think you know at this point how important the drumhead is. Like, I think he's too famous. He's too famous for the drumhead. Yeah, I think I think we're in agreement on that. Yeah. So, uh... I'm so drunk, man. Yeah, man. This is... This, I'm so drunk, and I have a sore throat and body aches. This is brutal. Let's get to the end of this. We've we've recorded for more than an hour and a half. This is more than anybody pays for with their monthly contribution at MaximumFun.org slash join. I'm really glad you brought that up, Ben, because if anyone deserves anything from this, it's Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> Who has to put up with this shit? How about new? God. We don't deserve any help at all, and yet she does. Yeah. So uh, BLT gets introduced to the whole gang, and it's another, like, I guess it's just another, like, reveal of all the A-Quad aliens that we're not used to seeing in Voyager. It's neat to see them together in the same room, huh? I like it. Yeah. It might be the most A-Quad aliens we've ever seen on screen at the same time. I like the brain. The brain are fun. The brain's fun. They have a good sound. That's like some of the best sound design. Yeah, it's big fun. Why hasn't Paramount Plus done anything with Breen? Oh, God. You just did it, didn't you? Paramount Plus is the worst streaming app ever. It fucking sucks. It sucks so bad. It would be an amazing self-own if they sold out to... HBO Max. <laughs> Any amount that HBO Max pays for Paramount Plus is more than they deserve. <laughs> Holy shit. What a great deal for them. Yeah. Wow. My rewatch of this episode uh, just stopped 40 minutes in, like black screened. I had to like shut off my TV and restart it. Dang. Weak. Because uh, that's just how it is when you roll with Paramount Plus. It does seem like worse since the new year, right? Like like any Paramount Plus usage seems like it's it's like fucked up in some way. I told you I met the guy. The guy who runs the Paramount Plus app at Star Trek Day. I told you I sat next to him at Star Trek Day. Yeah. He introduced himself to me as like, yeah, I'm I'm the guy. 
I do the app. He seemed with it. Nobody that makes the app is not with it. The people that are not with it are the like rich lunatics that live in $45 million houses in the fucking hills with infinity pools that don't know what normal people want or need. Normal people want and need things that work. And this is not that. Anyways. In the ass lab, the power's back on. And those Herogen ships will be on them soon, Ben. Yeah. They don't have a lot of time. And uh, it's weird because it doesn't seem like the hollows are running in stealth or anything. And so, like, they're, I guess, like, you know, trying to trying to use the Herogen tracking to their advantage, right? Sure. Yeah. Because they're good at that. And Donick is like, you know, hey man, like I wanna I wanna be here. I don't wanna go back to the Herogen. They suck. Like I have no romantic opportunities. <laughs> I became an engineer, you know, I'm not a hunter. Like the girls all like the hunters. It is so clear that Donick, he's just different. He doesn't belong over there. Donick? Let's just say he's built different. When they get on the FaceTime, Janeway's like, you know, Donick is more of a Neelix type. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't belong with you. Yeah. And uh, he, he doesn't like the family business. Like his grandfather and his father were both hunters. And yeah. he liked the opportunity to branch out and do something different. And that only exists because of what Janeway gave it's not like he wants to not be involved at all. Like he, like, he really does want to see the mission through, but in his own way. Yeah, he wants to be behind the scenes. He likes mm -hmm. being behind the scenes. Yeah, he doesn't have to be in front of camera. No, he's an Aaron Waltke. He's going to be a very successful writer. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to be in front of camera. The Alpha of the Herogen takes great umbrage with the idea that Donick would not want to be returned. And there is a really, this is maybe my favorite part of this episode, that look through the view screen react of the Herogen slapping the other Herogen on the Herogen ship. Yeah. And for some reason falling off the platform that they have <laughs> on a Herogen ship when you look through a view screen. Like, like. For some reason, the Herogen want to be looking up at their yeah. at the people that they're they're talking to on the view screen. Yeah, and it feels like it is much more for the falling off the platform when you get slapped than it is for the seeming like you're on a lower footing psychologically from the like camera looking down at you standpoint. They've done this a million times in Star Trek. You're shooting the shot and the reverse shot to stand in for the view screen stuff. But they specifically shot the Voyager reverse shot <laughs> as a react to someone falling off a pedestal on the Herogen ship. <laughs> because when you cut over to the Herogen ship, you see their react. Yeah. Looking down where the guy fell off the pedestal. It's amazing. Donick is like leaning forward to be like, oh damn, that guy got the shit slapped out of him. <laughs> you can't do that. Quiet. <laughs> it's such a great moment. It's incredible. I love it. If whoever had been technical directing the Oscars the year that Will mm. Smith walked up on the stage and slapped Chris Rock had had A, the presence of mind, B, the timing, 
see the like godlike intuition to cut on the slap, cut from one camera to another, cut from one ship to another on the slap. Holy shit. Yep. Absolutely masterful moment in Star Trek. And uh, yeah, this guy gets slapped. He takes over the hunt and he's like, hey, Voyager, if you want to be involved in hunting these hollows, you can do whatever the fuck you want. But if you get anywhere close to them, I'm hunting you first. Yeah. I'm not going to distinguish you from the prey. You're all prey. Yeah. So Donick has a weird idea here. He's like, yeah, you know, we can go along with this in a way that keeps us hidden from them if we just get into their wake. Yeah. And he's got the solution to this method. Like, he knows the way to get in there so that they can't be seen. The Herogen uh, ships have, like, a whole portion behind them that they can't see on sensors or anything. So they tuck in right back there. I love science fiction that that supposes just the big rocket engine. Yeah. That's what the Herogen ships look like. They've got a bunch of rocket engines in the back. The back of a Herogen ship is indistinguishable from the back of Spaceball 1. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it truly is. It's great. So meanwhile, on the hollow ship, BLT is working with Kajala. And she hasn't really decided whether or not to help the hollows figure out their cell tower thing. But she sort of gets, like, between Kajala and BLT, like, this sort of gets worked out where BLT decides, like, okay, I'm going to help wrench on this thing. Some interesting, like, Kajala is a Cardassian hologram, and that is uniquely triggering for BLT. But she's sort of, like, reconnected with her her Starfleet origins enough by now that she's able to get over that. This scene drove me crazy, though. Did it do the same to you? Like, the idea that Kajal is a Cardassian... Or maybe she's just programmed to be Cardassian and the implications of both of those and whether or not either of those are true. Like, there is no conclusion to this. I love that there's no conclusion to it. It doesn't matter. Right. Like, because it's a cons- it's a discussion about stereotypes. It's like, like, are stereotypes true or are they not? Like, do they come from a real place or do they not? Like, you're just a person, man. Yeah. Kajala's just a person. And by man, I mean person. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait to open the next show with my apology. (laughs) (laughs) Or your They Might Be Giants song cover. Person, man, person, man. Hit on the head with a frying pan. Back over with Dr. Mark and the Bajoran leader. Dr. Mark is low-key missing his old life. And the Bajoran leader is like, hey, I missed being killed sometimes too. Voyager will never take you back. You can't go back there. Yeah. What you've done, they'll never forgive it. And then uh, and then as sort of a prize, he's like, hey, you know where we're headed? Doc's like, no. Bajoran man is like, hey. We got a planet in mind that we're going to drop in on. And guess what? It's Y class. <laughs> the doctor's like, <laughs> I know all about Y class. 
It's bad. It's where we it's where we dropped off our clone Voyager crew. Yeah. It's no good. It's no good. And the thing about Aiden is that he's like, yeah, the best part is that it's so poisonous. We're gonna set up our hollow terraformers there. It's gonna be great for us and terrible for everyone else. I love that he's kind of shaming Dr. Mark in this moment. Like, oh, you're you're so roped into their fucking mindset that you're not even thinking about how much it doesn't even matter for us. You really need their oxygen, don't you? Whoa. <laughs> but like, also, you know, every time we've sent a space probe to Venus, it's lasted like an hour max before the fucking surface has like consumed all the materials. So like, I don't know. It stands to reason that's where women are from, Ben. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's drunk. <laughs> Cut to the next episode. <laughs> I have a prepared statement to read. <laughs> I'm sleeping in the studio tonight. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I didn't. I didn't expect you to go in cell in the first episode recording the new year, but uh, wow. <laughs> that that's not in cell. That that's just having weird opinions. I'm all out of my brewski beers and my uh, and my mead. Oh man. Okay. I, I made it, Ben. I made it to the end. I'm still sipping on my fourth. Cider tall boy here. I had, uh, yeah, I had two 16 ounces and then this 500 mil mead. Wow. That's what it was. And I feel great. Goddamn. They're all about uh, 6%. Good for you, buddy. Voyager gets right up into the Bane hole. Mm. They're right next to it. The radiation is going to prevent anyone from finding them in there. But uh, there's two Bane ships, so the alpha of this situation recommends that the other circles around the nebula while they head in and sort of drive the hollow ship to the exit. And the Voyager, like, tucked right into the Bane hole, follows them in. And listen, when in the heat of passion, it is not uncommon to slip out of the Bane hole when things are going the way they're going. Especially uh, if you've hit some bumpies. Yeah. Ease us back in, Tom. You can do it. Try. And that is what Paris is able to accomplish despite the turbulence. I'm so glad that Paris is on the bridge instead of in Six Bay. Yeah. Oh. God bless him. He's the one who's probably the most concerned about losing the dock. Yeah. That is a subtext that I feel like they didn't play up enough in this episode. But uh, he's got to be stressing. I mean, he's also stressing because his wife has been abducted, and that's also a subtext that they don't play up at all. But uh, <laughs> I wished, I wished any voice had been given to any of that. Yeah. I've got to get that platinum. Get that roll, better enlargement. I've got to get that platinum. Not. Are you planning a heist? Gold. Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm, uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. 
Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen. So I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name, and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on. Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. BLT and Kajal are working on this like prototype of the cell tower that they will put numbers of around this Y class planet. 
they're working on it and there's all there's kind of like a passage of time edit in this scene because Aiden doesn't want to like go to the Y class planet until they're ready to set up their hollow society. Mm-hmm. And so like BLT is like hard at work with Kajal getting the optronic relays, etc., up to spec. And they're ready to go. And they're like their bangers dropping all over the place. And this is when Mark steps to Aiden and is like, hey, like, so if we're building a society, like, obviously, I cannot go back to my ship, given the horrible fucking thing I just did. If we're building a society, the thing that I would pitch for myself is in terms of a job is a minister of culture. So if you were to think of the most annoying job I could have, (laughs) I just want you to assume that that's the job that I would have. Yeah. And man, Aiden is like, no, man, we're not taking any of their fucking culture. No organic culture. We're not doing stuff that they do. We're doing our own new shit. And this is where he kind of like drops the mask a little bit. There's a moment here that was so perfect for a thing I just read about recently, which is the prophetic perfect tense. Have you heard about this? No. The prophetic perfect tense is where like a religious text describes a future event that they are so certain about happening that they refer to it in the past tense as if it had already happened. Whoa. So Aiden uses this prophetic perfect tense starting here in a way that really blew my mind. Wow. A man of light arose and slew the mighty Alpha. He gathered his people unto him and delivered them to freedom. That's awesome. It's really great. Because the the situation is that Dr. Mark is like, why are you like dogging out my appreciation of Mozart? Like... You follow the Bajoran religion. I find your enjoyment of the arts fairly annoying. (laughs) And Aiden is like, no, I'm making my own new shit. It's like a whole religion about a guy who was just a humble hologram getting hunted by Banes. And then he rose up and became a being of pure light. Yeah. It's a great story, bro. But when you turn it into a cult, it gets pretty dark. And... It seems like the hollow scales sort of fall from Mark's eyes and mm-hmm. he runs right to BLT where he's like, hey, I think I might have made a really big mistake, actually. <laughs> this is a great moment because I think ordinarily you'd really want to stomp Dr. Mark's balls here, but there is a... I don't know, like the way he puts this, the way he feels in this scene, I really do feel bad for him. I feel bad for him too. And I think that BLT has had a moment or two with Kajal that made her see what he saw in these hollows. Right. And I think it's important that it's BLT too, right? Like as a Mayquis. Totally. It was never going to be Chakotay, and it couldn't be Tuvok, so it's her. We spend the next few moments of the episode watching a attempted intercept of the hollows as they exit this nebula, and uh, it doesn't go great. 
like the Banes can't get him. Voyager is like still tucked into the the Banes butthole. And what they do, the hollows, is set up on one of those alien ships that has the oppressed hollows on it. And Iden gets on the FaceTime with the commander of this two-man ship, two-man, three-hollow ship. And uh, he's like, hey, you got to give your holograms to us or we're going to kill you. And Dr. Mark is like, hey, man, like, can you chill out a little bit? And it's a it's a big, intense scene. They disable the other ship and they liberate the hollows and then they fucking kill those two organics. Oof. It's tough here, but it is tougher once they go meet the three hollows that they beam aboard and it's just like three Lennies. <laughs> this is the thing that BLT has such a huge problem with. Like BLT articulates something that no one else does which may be a disparity between real life and hollow life. BLT's like, you killed real people for these Lennies? Ah, It's not like they're sending their best. Yeah. It feels gross. And and what's grossest is that like there's no hope for these Lennies. Yeah. Like it's not like you can you can give them better programming or whatever. This is all they're ever gonna be. Right. There's something about the like scope of their programs where when he's like well load intelligence into them like they can't have that because of something not gonna happen dude unable to process command please restate this is crucially the same scene where Aiden's like they're not Lenny's they're children of light and as soon as you start using that kind of terminology around your flock that's real culty business isn't it it's really culty business and that's Volleyball and uh, colloidal silver type of talk right there. <laughs> you sort of wonder if he like knowingly withheld any of that type of terminology around Mark. He definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. So the ship has finally arrived to the planet that will be their home, and it's time to hollow terraform, right? It is time. Uh, they got the thing, and... This is when uh, Voyager decides to lick shots at the b-hole of this Herogen ship. <laughs> it's an amazing moment that is completely sexually neutral in the episode, but cannot help but be sexually heightened by a review on Greatest Generation. There's coffee and torpedoes, full spread. I can't help but heighten it. And also, I can't help but talk about the fact that when all of the Herogens have been, like, knocked down on their butts and they get up and, like, start announcing the status of the ship, one of them wipes a bunch of bones off of his his screen. That's bones. What falls from the ceilings on a Bane ship is not girders. It's, like, junk and bones. But this is, like, what would happen if you were to have an earthquake in a non-chain seafood restaurant where their <laughs> decorations are just nets full of bones. This is what happens there. Yeah. So once they arrive at the poison planet, there's this idea that like Aiden is going to transport the survivors of the attack on the Herogen ship 
to the planet so they can continue to be hunted, right? Yeah. Like he wants to do to them what was done to him. Mm -hmm. And when Mark protests this a bit, he's like, hey, like that's fucked up. And Aiden's like, you know, they could take it. And (laughs) Robert Picardo's take when they cut to the close up of him, like processing what Aiden is doing is like, that's like his Oscar real moment. It's so fucking good. It's really good. Yeah, it's not just hunting, it's revenge hunting. Yeah. And uh, we cut to the Banes being beamed down to this planet that they like are not adapted to live on, and they're like gasping for air. Aiden takes his ship into low orbit, and you know, Voyager has disabled all the all the Bane ships and wants to run to their defense. And it turns out that the the only defense that can really be provided is provided by Kajal and BLT. Mm-hmm. BLT realizes like, hey, like Aiden stole Dr. Mark's mobile emitter to go down there and hunt these Banes. Yeah. So Dr. Mark could be sent down on the on the uh, cell tower that we sent down there. Hey, can we give him a BFG also? Yeah. Seems like they can. So Dr. Mark gets one of those fucking Bane guns and goes down there and one of the like biggest laugh lines in all of Star Trek when you see him materialize with this fucking huge gun on the surface. It is cartoonish. It's so silly. I mean, it's a gun that is designed to be wielded by an NBA player in loaf, you know? It's not Bob Picardo's fault that this gun is so enormous. It's so silly. It looks stupid with anyone wielding it. And he finds Aiden getting ready to take out the Alpha Bane while the Alpha Bane is like arguing against being taken out because defenseless prey is a poor trophy. You know, they're in the Star Trek caves and like the camera racks focus and Dr. Mark is back there with this huge fucking gun. It's kind of a the most toys moment, right? Except Dr. Mark actually shoots. Yeah, and also like like Aiden has just said his cool catchphrase but hasn't killed his victim yet, you know? Defenseless prey makes a poor trophy. I don't collect trophies. Put down the weapon. The 90s action moviness of this scene is so apparent. Yeah, it's so good. It's great. And so, like, the Delta Flyer is now in flight in the atmosphere of the planet, and they've rescued BLT. Just checking in, Tom and BLT are still married. Yeah. Am I making any sense here? Aiden gets wasted. Yep. And they need to persuade the Herogen not to kill the rest of the Hollows at this point. You know, everybody gets beamed up, and there's this, like, moment in... It's another walk and talk in the hallway where... Somehow Neelix gets the like diplomacy conch tossed to him and talks the Banes into not taking the hollow ship with them. I mean, after what the mess hall has been through, I kind of get this. Yeah. Throw him a bone. Throw him a bone. I think that the problem with this scene is that they finished the conversation in front of this this Bane's other buddies and like yeah. Like what they are pitching him on is like, hey, like when you go back to uh, to the rest of the Banes, like you need to be able to talk about this in a way that makes you seem awesome and not like a bunch of dicks. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's great. Don't do that in front of people. Like 
arrive at that conclusion in private and then, you know, whatever, send him off. You don't want to walk in on that conclusion. Yeah. So they send the the Banes off and then, uh, you know, Donick like wants to clean up his mess. He feels like he and Kajal can do that together. Is it Kajal or Kajala? I I got Kajal. Kajal. There's like a an offer of the Moriarty treatment to Kajal, and she's like, "Nah, dog. <laughs> Do not want. I don't want to wind up at the Daystrom Institute. Give me a break." And like Donick is like, "You know, there's been a lot of a, a lot of blood spilled over the expansion of hollow capability, and I just want to like do my part to clean that up." I don't know, man. Like, there's something about Donick's whole deal that is very, like, something could be very pervy about the idea of this, and that it is not says a lot about Donick, doesn't it? I guess so. Like, I'm just going to stay on board with this hollow lady, and I'm going to keep turning wrenches until <laughs> it, it seems like things over here are going to be figured out. I don't know, man. I don't like that. We'll see if our two types of loaf can knead together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I also think that, like, there are lots of problems in the world that were, like, created by engineers not really considering the ramifications of what they were doing. And in this episode, the engineer is made, like, the hero and the solver of all problems. Yeah. So I don't like yeah. them getting cover. Yeah. But that's the resolution of uh, the story for those two. But what's the resolution of the story for Dr. Mark, who betrayed his entire ship and caused all of these problems? Can he return to work? Well, that's established for sure by the fact that the next scene is him at work in uniform. I love the idea that there's a version of this where Dr. Mark is in his quarters or something, like in <laughs> civilian clothes. Well... I mean, like, he talks about it, right? Like, I'd be yeah. in the brig if I wasn't the only physician. It is hyper magnanimous for Janeway to be like, this problem is my fault. Because when you trace it all the way back, <laughs> it really is my decision to give the Herogen this technology. I mean, that's pretty generous, right? It's... So generous. And that's not that's not to be confused with sui generous. Do you think it's appropriate for Janeway to take responsibility for what the doctor has done here in the way that she does? I don't think it is. I think it's too far. Yeah, I didn't quite jibe with this decision by Janeway. I I'm definitely on the doctor's side with how surprised he is that it's happening. Yeah, like he, he <laughs> I'm also on the doctor's side of, like, let's throw out a bunch of, like, doable time. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. let's throw about yeah. uh, some punishments that are, like, I can, I can totally fucking do because I feel guilty as hell about what happened. Mm -hmm. But I was shocked by the, the choice Janeway made here. How can I punish you for being who you are? I think that... This has been a bit of a theme with the doctor, like a betrayal that feels like, can he ever come back from it? Mm -hmm. And the judgment is off, you know? Yep. The choices he makes 
don't math. And when the stakes are this high, like it doesn't feel like you could trust him. You can't have the trust of a whole crew in your hands and then give that trust to someone you barely know and have been trustworthy in that moment. Yeah. Like this is the the crucial moment of this episode is like the doctor asked Aiden not to betray him and his trust in that moment when he gave the shield codes over to him. Yeah. You can't do that. You can never give the codes. No, you cannot give them up the codes. But can you enjoy this episode, Adam? You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullying. I don't like Brett. And I don't like you. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It gave us a ton to debate. I'm thinking about the ethics of a hollow person. I'm thinking of the hollow people who deserve to live. Sure. I'm thinking of the class Y planet that they could have populated. I'm thinking of the ethics of a of a flesh-colored yoga pant. Mm. How how troublesome that is. Or the lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a very thought-provoking episode was this. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think maybe the best of the season seven episodes up to this point. What about you, Ben? I also really like this episode. I think that I feel much the same as you, like the best art challenges you and provokes debate. And that's exactly what I said and how I said it. How much I considered the choices of all of my favorite characters and whether or not they did something that I agreed with or not. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it's a banger. Like I don't necessarily agree with everything. And I think that there are like places where it could have been better, but overall a banger. I agree. It banged for about two hours <laughs> with our having litigated this episode completely. Let's check the priority one message inbox, shall we? Okay. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Ben, our first priority one message is of a promotional nature. Hmm. Interesting choice. That message goes like this. We all know FODs are a creative bunch, but what my theory presupposes is that... You writers love to edit. Hmm. Need help with structure, web content, depotting plants, or eliminating all errors everywhere? <laughs> Aaron Kaiserman, PhD, is an experienced editor specializing in web content, copy, and academic materials, including applications and proposals. Creative writers, there's no need to jake yourself. A parasitic muse. I provide detailed line and copy editing for middle grade fiction, sci-fi, and fantasy. So wow. here's the big takeaway here. Email Aaron Kaiserman at gmail.com. That's A-A-R-O-N dot K-A-I-S-E-R-M-A-N at gmail.com. Or visit KaiserEditing.com. 
FODs receive a free sample edit of up to 2,500 words. Hey, that's a lot of words, Ben. That's a shitload. I'm a holy cow. I'm a copywriter from back in the day. That's a couple of articles. No kidding. So you're saying I could get my space opera up on its feet in Microsoft Word and fire the first chapter over to Aaron Kaiserman and get a fucking sense of whether I'm on to anything or not? I think that's what Aaron Kaiserman's saying. Damn. You know, it's great. There's nothing about this uh, P1 that suggests that you'd have to owe Aaron Kaiserman credit in any way. I like that. I like that a lot. Why don't you take the Aaron Kaiserman polish? He's offering it. It's right here. It sounds great. Uh, what was that website again? Kaiserediting.com. That's K-A-I-S-E-R-E-D-I-T-I-N-G.com. Damn. I got to do this. I got I to gotta get on this. You need an editor, Ben, and I think this is the right one. The first volume of my 10-volume space opera awaits. Yeah. Meloda, the opera. <laughs> I don't have the rights to that. (laughs) I wish I did. Can't wait to read it. Our next Priority One message is of a personal nature. It's from the Gooch, who, you know, we've heard from a bunch, and it's to Ben and Adam. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we've ever had the Gooch reach out directly to the two of us. The Gooch always referenced on this show. Yeah. So it goes like this. You called it in a recent Marin. I am the clinic director of a mental health clinic that does a lot of telehealth. One of my clinicians was talking with her client about his financial hardship after a messy divorce. As he talked about this, a big thumbs up floated up on the screen. Incredible. (laughs) That's so perfect. Why did they build this into our computers? Why didn't we have any say over whether they would build this into our computers? No one considers the sarcasm of these things. Yeah, I just got kicked in the nuts. (laughs) I just lost custody of my kids. (laughs) There are some things that, uh, that a motion graphic or an emoji or whatever just can't encapsulate. Yeah. This is what the Gooch knows. This is what we all know. Yeah. Maybe they should have gotten Pixar to do those animations. Like, they could really get it like a deep and complicated emotion. I know. Anyways. Ben, our final priority one message is sent from Giles or Gylus. I'm going to go with Gylus. And it's to me and you. Message goes like this. Thanks for making my first rewatch of Voyager in a while more enjoyable than previously thought. Also thanks for the SYE tour in Minneapolis, which was delightful, despite the guy sitting all the way in back of the theater during the meet and greet. Having the chance to ask Adam about bathtub episodes was great, solely for how much pain (laughs) shown on his face when I asked this question. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. I don't know. I just try to be real in those meet and greets. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you ask a painful question, you're going to get a painful face. I remember that moment. I don't remember the guy sitting all the way in the back of the theater. Yeah. Maybe he worked there or something. I don't know. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Thinking back to the Minneapolis show. One of the great shows. Yeah. 
was one of the great shows. I think the greatest show is yet to come, mm. madam. Mm. That's the one we're going to do at uh, SF Sketch Fest later this month. It's true. One thing I can guarantee, the guy sitting all the way back in the theater at the Minneapolis show, he's not going to be there. No. That guy. That guy's not invited. <laughs> that guy? Wouldn't worry about that guy. Unless it's Defested. Defested is for sure invited. Defested is invited to all the shows. Yeah. Just like Guyless. What Defested needs to figure out is Defested can be on the list if Defested just asks. Defested pays their own way. I know. You know that. I know. Well, everybody that sent to P1 has deeply appreciated on this episode... And uh, if you'd like to join their ranks or become a P1 sender, head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron and set yours up today. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda. Oh, boy, did I. This is a time code Shimoda, my friend. This is early in the episode. So when they first show up at that, at that site on the... Uh, I guess it's the training facility, they call it. The space station where the, where the Banes practice hunting mm-hmm. and teach their young, mm-hmm. teach their pimple-faced teens. Mm-hmm. There is a shot. I, I think if you start your playhead at like nine minutes and 25 seconds, you'll see this. Camera's swinging around, and it's, it's kind of like panning left. And as it pans left, you get like the knees and feet of a couple of crew members that just to sneak into the shot, it's a very rare kind of error in Star Trek. You never see the fucking boom mic dip into frame. You never see shit like this in Star Trek, but it happened here. You're saying 925? Yeah, 925, like somewhere between 925 and 928 or so. You see a cup, it's a glimpse. I don't see where you're looking. Did I write the wrong time down? I, I'm looking for feet. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't see any <sighs> any mystery feet, man. Okay, nine, go a little bit back. Okay. Left side of the frame. Tuvok is in the foreground. Paris and, and red shirt, you know, frame right. What is happening here? Are we looking at different episodes maybe the time code's off oh you know what are you talking about tuvok walking toward camera yeah okay i'm now yep i can see i can see crew guy there crew there's crew guy in there i see t-shirt guy there's i'm sending you picture of what i'm seeing there's t-shirt there's knee there's i think there's two crew people in this. oh you know what i can't take a picture of him because that's the one thing paramount plus does well they <laughs> won't allow a screen grab yeah yeah of their streamer yeah i get it there's a there's a guy wearing a t-shirt back there yeah and uh it's incredible it's a very very unusual yeah error for there to be in a star trek show like you're right. Boom mic and shot is something that is like a classic in the IMDb goofs section. Crew guys fully in shot is so weird for a Star Trek episode that whoever that was is my drunk Shimoda for this episode. That's a great choice, Ben. Uh, I'm just going to give mine to Janeway. I, <laughs> I think the way she ends this episode with Dr. Mark is... I appreciate sometimes the 
the bow untied mm-hmm. on an episode like this. Mm. This just seems like a bow ripped off of the of the present and like thrown in the bushes. <laughs> this is too unkempt. You don't like the Benjamin R. Harrison style of captaining? Yeah, I don't know. I I need I need a little stronger of a captain in this moment. So she's my Shimoda wow. for this one. Good Shimoda, Adam. Why don't you head to gach.biz slash game? And uh, I will tell you a little bit about season seven, episode 11 of Star Trek Voyager. It's called Shattered. Voyager encounters an energy field which leaves each section and its crew existing in a different time period. Oh, that sounds fun. It does sound fun. But how are we going to be watching this one, Adam? I'm going to tell you how, Ben. Because I've gone to gach.biz slash game where the game of buttholes lives. It does. It's only appropriate that our runabout is on square 100. That's the Mornhammered square. That's why we've done this to ourselves. That's why I've put my marriage in jeopardy. <laughs> You're required to learn as you play. Roll. I'm going to roll a die that will tell us where we're going next. Here we go. Ben, I've rolled a four, which means we are on square four. It's a regular old episode. Chula! Did I win? Hardly. Wow. An episode not in any danger of ruining any relationships mm. ever. Mm. Fun. Yeah. Great. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, hey, this has been a really fun episode to do with you. I'm looking at my playhead. Looks like we have over two hours of crap recorded right now. The only relationship we've we've ruined is between us and our great producer, Wendy Pretty. <laughs> We really appreciate everybody that supports the show at GraceGen. Wait, MaximumFun.org slash join. And we appreciate Wendy. Mm-hmm. We appreciate uh, Adam Ragusea, our buddy, who made the uh, the Janeway song. That is the theme song of Star Trek, Grace Jen's coverage of Star Trek Voyager. You said that perfectly, yeah. And we appreciate Dark Materia, who created the original Picard song. Mm-hmm. We appreciate mm-hmm. Bill Tilly, the car daddy. Thanks to everybody on the socials. Hashtag greatest gen, hashtag greatest track, at greatest track on all socials. And uh, with that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager. Episode of the greatest generation Voyager that, uh, man, like we're shattered, but we kind of wish we were just skizzled. Woo! Make it so. like uh, what's his name who has a friend who smokes real cigarettes Latarian Milton it's fun to do bad things Maximum Fun a worker owned network of artist owned shows supported directly by you